Today is Thursday, August 27th, 2020, and here we are, still in the midst of a pandemic. The death toll has not slowed in the United States, neither has the case count. Some patches of the United States are seeing some little bitty signs of potential relief, but we just aren't there. And now school has started. In fact, just about everyone across the country, with the exception of those that begin next week, have started K through 12 and even the college scene. Speaking of the college scene, as you know, I lecture at the TCU Bob Schieffer College of Communications, that's Texas Christian University. And yeah, it's the fall semester and we had some choices to make as faculty members, as students. Some of us are teaching in person, um, not many of us. Others are teaching from remote locations. I happen to be doing it from my studio. It makes a lot of sense. Of course, my daughter, who's now eight years old, is in the other room doing her distance learning with her teachers. Live, I should say. Shout out to the teachers who are actually putting in work and having live class with their students. One, because our students can learn better, and two, because the parents can actually work better. But I digress. Let's talk about the university scene for a minute. You know, how do you keep college kids away from each other? You might be able to do it in the classrooms by assigning seats that are socially distanced and asking them to wear masks. But after hours, how do you control it? We've seen the University of Alabama's cases spike. We've seen other campuses start out at live in-person classes and then tell everybody to go home. You know, it's hard. I have a few students, a couple students that have reached out to me and said that they've tested positive. So now they're hold up, quarantined, trying to take class while they're ill. My prayers go out to the college kids that are out there trying to do it anyway to get their learning on and become these leaders for tomorrow. But you know what? Many of my students are juniors. Some of them are sophomores, and they're beginning to think about what does graduation look like and what does life and career look like on the other side. Just sent some seniors off last spring, and they were a little deflated. So we're going to do a throwback Thursday today with my dear friend, Neil Foote, from episode 90 where we talked about how College seniors' lives had changed. Even the freshmen's lives have changed. Like, if you're coming in as a freshman, you don't even get to know what the college scene is actually like. So much has changed. But let's talk about what the job market looks like now with an economy that's spiraling, downward, I should say. But it's spiraling. It's spiraling out of control and we have lots of veterans that have lost jobs. And the end is not in sight. What do you do? First of all, you need to adjust your mindset. And we're going to talk about how to do that. It really is an opportune time to step up and lead. It may seem counterintuitive. Check out my new book, No Thanks, Seven Ways to Say. I'll just include myself. 
You can find it worldwide on online booksellers. And in September, the hardback will be available as well. If you want to get it lickety split and maybe even not even pay shipping, go to Amazon.com. But today we turn to my friend of many, many years, former colleague also. He worked for my original agency. I'm talking about Neil Foote. He is a professor at the University of North Texas that's out in Denton, Texas, and he teaches media and journalism and entrepreneurship. He is also the national president of the National Black Public Relations Society and a member of the National Association of Black Journalists. Without further ado, here is old school journalist, new school storyteller, Neil Foote. My special guest host, who puts me on the hot seat. Hey, y'all. This is Culture Soup, where tech, culture, and business collide. It's a podcast that spoons up everything hot from social media. I'm your host, L. Michelle Smith, and each episode, we bring you some of the most notable and not yet notable thought leaders in tech, business, and culture. The year was 2007. I'd been in business with my PR and integrated marketing agency for about five years. I had hired a ton of millennials, and it was probably the first time we started to use that term. These were kids that were in college during that time, and they were sharp. These were the first of the digital natives. So they understood the smart devices, and they understood the internet almost inherently. And it became an issue because I had some boomers in the office as well who weren't exactly early adopters. I had put the boomers in charge of the millennials and it wasn't quite working. So there was this other boomer, however, who had started a company all his own in media and communications, but he was also on a university campus. So he understood these millennials. It was my friend, Neil Foote. When I met Neil, Neil was working in Washington, D.C. as a journalist at the Washington Post. And I met him at a National Association of Black Journalists convention and job fair. Neil and I became fast friends. Before long, Neil moved to Dallas and became a vice president at Belo Corporation. That was the company that at the time owned WFAA and the Dallas Morning News. He was one of the pioneers in attempting to integrate and aggregate the news experience with television and newspaper. He was a little bit before his time. Is anyone old enough to remember the QCAT? Yeah, it was this device that, akin to your mouse, would allow you to engage in news broadcast on the internet. Now, this was long before Facebook, Twitter, and event-centric social media engagement. 
he was long before his time. The cute cat didn't exactly take off, but so much of social media picks up where the cute cat left off. So he knew the internet. He knew it well. In fact, he was before his time. Who better than to bring in a university lecturer who was innovating on the internet to work with these millennials at my agency? And it worked. Neil Foote was my only vice president of development and strategy. In fact, he was my only vice president back when I was running my agency, and those were the days. And can I tell you a secret? Almost every last millennial that came through my shop during that time is leading social and digital in either the Fortune 500 or top agencies. In fact, one is a chief marketing officer. There's one other thing that you may know Neil Foote's name associated with, and that is Reach Media. Reach Media is the holding company owned by Tom Joyner himself, who has been a longtime client of Neil Foote and Foote Communications. As a result, Neil was on the ground floor on the launching of BlackAmericaWeb.com. You see, Neil typically asked me to share with his class at the University of North Texas Mayborn School of Journalism, and I gladly accept. But in the age of coronavirus, we were forced to do this by Zoom. And I said, why not share it with the Culture Soup podcast audience? Without further ado, I am going to introduce you to Mr. Foote, but in a brand new way. This is a historic moment because it is the first time in the history of the Culture Soup podcast that someone turns the mic on me. And who better to engage with about how college students whose semesters have been turned upside down, all of their senior activities canceled, commencement hanging in the balance, and a job market that is not as promising as it was when they first begun. We're going to talk about all of that. And I want to shout out all my university students from TCU to UNT to Temple, where I will guest lecture next week, to all the HBCUs that I engage with, Lane College, Wilberforce University, and beyond, Howard University, Paul Quinn. I mean, I could name a bunch of them. If you're a college student, this is for you. Hello, everyone. This is Professor Foote. I'm with uh, my good friend, colleague, uh, coach, mentor, inspiration, all that sort of good stuff, El Michelle Smith. We've been working together, I don't know, for 10, 15, 20 years. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> long enough to know uh, the, the journey that, that's out there in media is, is, has evolved and changed. And I wanted to invite uh, Michelle to come through and chat a little bit about some of the the, uh, the work she's done, but really talk about some of the great advice she has to offer about some of the key things you should be doing right now to kind of prepare yourselves 
for the new world order because yeah, we were just chit-chatting before we went live about things just aren't going to be the same even even if some miracle thing happened tomorrow and there's a vaccine available things are not going to be the same you agree i agree you know um let's say a vaccine comes Let's say, you know, social distancing and, and the, the um, I, I would say the shelter in place orders were removed tomorrow. We still have to move very, very differently, whether you are an employer and you're thinking about your human capital coming back on site. It will not look the same because safety is always going to come first. So they may not do it the same way. Some people may continue to work from home for a while. Some people may be rotated on campus, um, you know, at headquarters twice a week, let's just say, because we still don't know how this virus operates. And to be safe, social distancing is still going to be something that we have to do. So things will have changed. But there are some good things coming out of this, Neil, I would think, and that is people are finally having to recognize the power of this technology that we have that work can actually right. continue seamlessly from remote spaces. You agree? No. Well, and I think that's, you know, some of, of uh, the good part about the possibilities now. Uh, and, and that's what I've been trying to focus on. What are the possibilities? Uh, all the things uh, that certainly as you as professionals have talked about doing, should be doing, but I think, you know, they're, they're, you know with, with uh, our students, and I know you teach well, is this, there's sometimes a sense of, oh, my gosh, there, there was a sense of, of anxiety about how the industry will play out for them. Yeah. But I think the possibilities now are, are so vast because of the technology we have before us. And, and, that, and that, I think there's some things that, that, that could be done right now that prepare uh, students for for careers and and opportunities that I think are going to be you know right at their fingertips if they do it all well. This is another great equalizer if you think about it. There mm-hmm. are a lot of professionals, career professionals, that is working remotely using all of these devices and and gadgets and platforms like Zoom, it's all foreign to. But to a Gen Zer like yourself, this is no big deal, right? <laughs> you came out of the womb with a device in your hand. You know how to operate this stuff. So think of it in those terms that in many cases, the playing field is level because you may know a little bit more about this technology where someone who's a career professional may not. That being said, you're right to be concerned because the job market is going to be cluttered, more cluttered than it was before when graduation was going to happen as normal and you were going to come out to a great job market. Well, the job market is not so great anymore. One, because you have career professionals who have now lost their jobs, many more that will um, after being furloughed or even just there, there was a, a a friend of mine who worked at a large Fortune 500 company who was very comfortably working from home and that Friday learned that he would not be coming to work. In fact, he would not be logging on to work that Monday. 
So, yeah, there are more people out there looking for jobs, but you're in a media entrepreneurship class, which is good because there is a way to think outside of just let me go get that nine to five job and find ways to make money in the meantime and also at the same time. So one thing that Professor Foote just talked about is how do you move forward in uncertainty? These are uncertain times. Mm -hmm. One way to grasp on to certainty during uncertainty is to create your own certainty. And the best way to do that is to put a plan together, a plan for yourself. Um, It gives us an idea of something that's stable. And as we know, things happen like pandemics (laughs) that can change your plan. But when you're in the eye of the storm and you're safe right now, you're healthy and you have your, your, your semblance of mind, you can start to think about what can I do to make myself findable? And that's not even a word, but I'm making it one today. <laughs> How can people find me online better? Okay. Think about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Then also think about what it is that you offer that other people can't. Okay, something that is unique to you, it is the problem that you saw. And then finally, how will you deliver that information online? Now, the first thing you got to do if you don't have it already is a LinkedIn profile, right? There you go. (laughs) That's number one, right? You need to have a LinkedIn profile. just got off the line with um, a working mom who is looking for a job right now and she had not optimized her LinkedIn profile and when I say optimize I'm not being fancy and saying oh gee you need to know SEO (laughs) no they're just simple things that you need to do to it to make sure that you stand out and that you can be found Um, the first thing you need to think about is your headline instead of saying student at North Texas U and T, <laughs> you need to share what yeah. problem you solve. And if you haven't given that some thought, please do. Because that is your value proposition. That's what you can do to help the companies that are out there. It is your prime real estate. It needs to communicate something that doesn't sound just like the person's profile they just left. So I'll stop there for a second, Neil and see if you wanted to discuss yeah, any of those yeah. items. Well, yeah, yeah, because I think the, and I love the fact that you kind of start with that digital footprint because, you know, what we know is we live in a world where everyone's going to Google your name. Yes. And, and that's what's going to, whatever comes up is going to be what you, what you kind of create out there, no less the, unfortunately, some negative stuff that may come up there, and that's what you want to prevent. And, and you know, I'll, I'll often hear, you know, students say, well, LinkedIn, come on, that's, you know, what's that going to do for me? I don't have anything to put on it. I've just, you know, I want to be a PR person, but all I've done is worked in at a restaurant and I have a part-time job. What what should I put on there? Um, and I, I, again, you know, and maybe we can unpack that, right, Michelle? Yes, so, if they don't have a lot of journalism experience, clearly they have other experience that I think is valuable to put on a LinkedIn profile that has 
that have other values that lend to a workforce. Absolutely. And I hope that you aren't just going to school and going back to your apartment or your dorm. (laughs) I hope (laughs) that you have engaged in the other extracurricular activities that are available to you whether it's through a sorority, maybe it's some club that you're in, could be some professional organization. These are your opportunities to do more than go to school, to actually try some things out. But let me tell you something, you're in a great position. Here's another reason why you're in a great position, because while these companies may be laying off, they still need people to work. And they may not be paying top dollar for the job, but an entry level position <laughs> is probably at a premium right now because you don't cost as much as someone with 25 years. So let's get back to what you can put on your LinkedIn and your resume. Yeah, resume. what can you put in there? Yeah, this is exactly the conversation I'm having with my, my class over at TCU. I teach writing and editing and strategic communications. And this has come up because we're actually working through putting together a real life resume. And one student Mm -hmm. asked me, so do I just put things in there, you know, for the assignment that may or may not be true? I was like, no, no, no. (laughs) This is where you're starting. This should be real. And this, you can even go back to high school. If you were in student government or you were in some club where you managed people or projects, that is fair game for your resume. Don't think that you need to start out of the gate with CEO of Microsoft. It's just, that's not who you are. (laughs) And you need to embrace where you are Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. know that there's value in it and know that you have a mindset that a lot of people who've been working in the workforce for a while do not have. You are agile and you are thinking in ways that people who've been in the workforce for a while may not be thinking because you have a very different point of view. So even if your resume or your LinkedIn profile only has a couple of bullets, here's what, here's what I want you to do. Spend more time in the about section because that's where you're going mm. to share what you're passionate about, what you want to do, what your aspirations are, and those two bullet points in your experience are going to support it. And your headline is going to tell the problem that you saw and the beautiful thing about LinkedIn is that if you just put a profile out there it's going to collect cyber dust just like anything would if it just sits there you have to be socially active which means that you need Uh to be sharing things posting just like you would on Facebook but different content okay the things that you aspire to be the things that reflect what you're thinking about as a professional and those topic areas that will be key to that next job you get. I only want you to post about three different topics. That's all you really need to do. For me, it's tech, culture, and business. Done. (laughs) Leadership sits right in the middle of that. So if you go to my LinkedIn profile and you look at my posts, you're going to find a common thread throughout all of my posts. And that is so that the people who find me understand exactly what I'm about. And the, the, the test is going to be this. And I, I said this to the mom that I was just coaching. When you finish with your LinkedIn profile, show it to a good friend that doesn't know your industry, that doesn't know what you do. They don't know your major, nothing like that. Tell them to read it and then ask them, what is it that I do? 
And if they can't respond with a crystal clear answer, you still have work to do on your profile. That's great advice, which, which I think is sometimes uh, there's a sense that the LinkedIn profile is just supposed to live out there and have a life of its own without any injection or infusion of energy and ideas. Well, and that's exactly why people say, well, what does LinkedIn do? It hasn't done anything for me. And the beautiful thing about it is it only does as much for you as you do for it. That's the way the algorithm mm-hmm. works. So if you go there and you foster relationships on a daily, on a weekly basis, it will start to return things to you on a daily and a weekly basis. The idea is to grow your community. And the way that you do that is that you attract people who are looking for the very same content that you're sharing and vice versa. So you've got to be social just like you do on Instagram. Use the hashtags. Yeah, and I was going to say, are groups worthwhile joining on uh, in LinkedIn? You know, I know people who have found a lot of a lot of pro- productivity and a lot of connections in certain groups. I've found that the ones that I'm involved in that I'm not really involved in, and I think part of it may be that I'm not involved. It really is what you right. you put in, right? It's, it's what you put in is what you're mm-hmm. going to get out. But I know plenty of people who are involved in groups and LinkedIn that find plenty of networking opportunities and job opportunities and not just postings, people who can actually connect you to opportunity. Um, That's what they're looking for. But I also have to say, don't sleep on Facebook groups, especially Mm. for you small business owners, even professionals. There There is a group out there for just about anything you can think of and they're active and they're engaged and they really become a tight-knit community. I have a coaching community on Facebook, and it's one of a jillion, right? But mm-hmm. you have to mm-hmm. be able to speak to exactly what the people are looking for. Um, Valerie yeah. Burton, who's right over my shoulder here in her book, yeah. <laughs> she has a group called um, Coaching for Professional Women. And guess what that does? It attracts every woman who has a job in corporate America, in any kind of workplace that needs any kind of advice. They show mm. up. Wow. So if you are a young graduate, about to be a graduate, and you're looking for a job, I would say go to LinkedIn and put in graduate job seeker or something like that and see what Groups pop up and join the group. And the key is you must engage, which means don't just wait for the host to post. It means you need to post too. And then you're going to meet people and you'll be in the DMs and you'll find somebody who has a like mind or like interest and you may even find a job. There you go. Let's talk a little bit about the, I mean, I want to talk about this, this notion of networking and we're in an era of social distancing now, which is, uh, I mean, you and I are old school, which means that put us in a room and we'll meet everybody we need to. And even <laughs> now, you know, uh, I've, I'm, when I I'm beat using, back my introvert. <laughs> right, there you go. Yes. Yeah. She's in but there. She's alive. We're strategic in that way, right? We know <laughs> yeah. if we go in a room, there's a reason we're going in that room. So we usually leave with 
we, we spend just enough time there to leave with what we need, right? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and so I think even nowadays for me, it's, it's how do I connect with the people maybe I haven't talked to in a long time that are either have been folks I've worked with, former clients, current clients, those kinds of things. Uh, and then finding those opportunities to reach out to people that I probably need to know that I haven't taken the time to know, right? Because I've always been too busy to just send that email or send that LinkedIn invitation to say, hey, you know, we work together, you know a bunch of people, I let's connect, let's let's set up a time to actually, oh my goodness, talk on the phone. <laughs> you know, or text, you know, now texting is both, right? right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. And you know what I find, exactly. Neil? So I what, find what advice you know, might mm-hmm. you, you know, how can you network in an era of social distancing and, and uh, make that valuable, you know, for right. you? Right. Okay. So let's back up before we even get to how mm-hmm. to network remotely. Yeah. And understand the power of networking if you understand what it is that you want. Let's start there. Because what I find is professionals, students, doesn't matter what level you are, they are overwhelmed by the idea of networking because they haven't taken the time to understand what it is they want to get out of the networking. Mm -hmm. So if you can crystallize in one sentence what your goal is or what your ask is, do that first. And that will help you to narrow down who you need to be in contact with, okay? And that will help you to narrow down which groups on LinkedIn you should be a part of, which Facebook groups you should be a part of, which, um, you know, networks you need to be a part of online, which webinars you should attend, you know, that are digital. It will help you to figure out where, what rooms or virtual rooms you should actually be in then it's actually going to help you to figure out who can actually help me with what I want. Answer that question. And then you know who to go for in the room. And I always make it a point because I'm, I'm a paid speaker. I'm out and about speaking. It's important that when I go and speak, whether I get a fee or not, that I leave that room with more than I came from came for, excuse me. Mm -hmm. So that means that I need to understand that the room is full of people who can address the problem that I solved or need, need the answer to the problem that I solved and will ask for it after they hear me speak. You may be in a room or a virtual room where you're not going to be the primary speaker, but you need to do something that will attract people to you so that you aren't just hunting people down. Um, one thing that you can do if you're on a webinar or um, some type of virtual meeting and they open the floor for Q&A, ask a smart question. You don't even need to have the answer. Just ask a smart one and make sure you're identified. Make sure they can see your name in the chat. <laughs> make sure that if you are unmuted, that you introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Elle Michelle Smith. I am a student at Mayborn Journalism School at University of North Texas, and my question is this, and ask the question with authority and mute that baby and let it just flow and see who comes to you afterwards, <laughs> okay? Um, it right. really is about attraction, and you will end up attracting the people you want 
if you are crystal clear and focused on what it is you want and who can actually deliver that for you. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I want to hit one other area before we kind of wrap up our conversation today. And, and this this notion um, uh, that it's, it happens now and people kind of get in a malaise or depression about how uh, we're the state of the world is one thing, but how to get motivated and how to, to turn the corner and how we feel about ourselves and our futures and those kinds of things. And I know, you know, you, you congratulations on, on your success with the coaching you know, certification. You. That's huge. It's huge. <laughs> and I know you're working with, with all, a range of, of business people. You just talked about a working mom. You know, what are some of the tips that you can offer about clicking on, you know, you know, re kind of turning on a light again to say, there's hope, there's, there's a possibility. We talked, we opened up the conversation about possibility and I wanna, you know, are there some cues or tips or strategies that you offer folks to kind of get them, you know, re-engage with their own lives and the communities Absolutely. and their professions? Yeah, you know what, this isn't normal. <laughs> this is not what we know to be normal. And it's a crisis. Um, it is something that has taken an emotional toll on all of us. The first thing that I share with my clients is that you should allow yourself to emote. In other words, feel it. If one day you wake up and you're mad and you can't explain why, go outside, scream if you need to, punch a pillow, don't punch anybody, but get it out. Then think through what it is that made you feel that way, okay? If you journal, write it down. But the point is to get it out and move forward, okay? And once you are able to move forward, and it's not to say that it won't happen two or three or four times in this whole process that we're in, but the idea is that you take the baby steps forward and move through it. The next thing that I say to my clients is I ask them, what can you be grateful for? What are you sure of in this moment right now? Again, we're talking about finding certainty inside of uncertainty, so you can start with the basics. I know that I woke up this morning. I don't have COVID-19. Practice gratitude. That's not the case for millions of Americans out there right now. Well, thousands of Americans, I should say. Um, over 10,000 cases, million, million something cases now, 10,000 deaths. Right. You have All something right. to be grateful for. Mm -hmm. Sitting in front of this technology, doing higher education when... Some people your age aren't even in college. So what you need to do, again, think of what you know to be true for sure, that you have a roof over your head, you have caring parents, you know, whatever it might be, that you have this technology, that you have the school and the training. Then ask yourself, what will you do with the things you know to be true? Okay. Now that you know that you have this technology and you know that you have this wonderful higher education that you are going to be able to wield, what are you going to do with it? That's the way to get yourself out of the slump and get you to move forward. Then it becomes, how can I innovate? How can I be creative with the tools that I have right now? And that's going to open a door 
that you probably haven't even begun to think about because suddenly we have this white space on our hands. We call it white space. We have time. You know, some people are on uh, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, I'm bored. You know, there's nothing to do. You can use this time to create. So that business that you're working on, that idea that was kind of a business that you haven't quite started, now's your time to think through those things when you have that quiet space to move things forward. And no telling if you're consistent with it where you'll be a year from now. That was a great advice. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think that the being grateful is so important because we think about all the things that we tend not to have or want to have uh, when we, we have to be so grateful about the things that we do have. I, I think the other point I would add to that is looking to those people who inspire you, who, you know, yes. whether that's authors, whether that's family members, could be friends, could be the movie that just every time you look at it, you leave yeah. and you're fired up. It could be a podcast. I mean, to can me, I give you there's one so many ways that was historic? You know, finding, can I give, please. Can I give you one that was historic that I think your students can relate to? Mm -hmm. What D-Nice DJ D Nice did on Instagram two weeks ago. I think it was two weeks mm. ago. Mm. That mm -hmm. was a case study in rock star leadership. And I have to tell you why. Yeah, he was playing music and it seems like it's, there was nothing to that. And yeah, 100,000 people showed up and Oprah and the Obamas too. Yeah, that was huge. But let's peel back the onion just a bit. Leaders are always thinking about things three and four steps ahead, okay? And they're thinking about the people who they solve problems for, what they need and what their pain points are. DJ D-Nice sat there and said, you know what? Maybe I can go on Instagram Live. It's my biggest platform. And maybe the people in my community just need to be uplifted. Maybe they need to be inspired. And what do I have in my toolkit? I can spin. So he gets on Instagram, something that we know. He starts to DJ another thing that we know. And by the way, this is, this is the definition of disruption. Taking two things that people, two or three things that people already know and making something totally new. That's what DJ Nice did. And guess what happened? Like a day or two later, every DJ on the planet <laughs> was on social media trying to spin. And that's not a bad thing. You know, you might say, oh, they're copycatting. But no, that's leadership. He now has followers. That's how that works. So how can you mm -hmm. innovate? How can you do mm -hmm. something? It's pretty smart. Then take uh, 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 you boiling the ocean. Just, just something little and incremental to help the people that you were put on this planet to help. And see where it takes you. It's true. I mean, and I think each and every one of us has a passion. Uh, that's either, you know, if it's tied to media and journalism, cool, that's great. But it could be something that's completely different. Could could be, you know, poetry, could be yeah. singing, could be writing, could be, you know, uh, 
you know, helping your kid with their homework because you discovered yeah. that in the last three weeks. Wow, I can actually do this pretty well. Um, so I think that's, I think those, those are among the things I think we have to find those inner strengths and, and, and little things that we thought were little that actually are big things right now because they're kind of the, the skill set. I think you, you said another key phrase there is like, what's in your toolkit, right? Yeah. What can you use in your toolkit that, that, if you do some of the steps that you just identified in the last you know, several minutes, then you're going to identify things in your toolkit that you can use not only to help advance your career, but potentially to help others. And most importantly, which is feel good about yourself because every day when you wake up and look in the mirror, that's who you got to inspire. And then if you can inspire yourself, then, then, then everyone else, behind, you, know, you, can, you can make that happen in your family, with your friends and everyone else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good stuff. Where can we find you? Where, where can folks find you, Michelle? First of all, on LinkedIn, and I admonish you to get a profile and start getting active on LinkedIn. I'm at linkedin.com slash IN slash L. Michelle Smith. Very simple. And then I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Who's on TikTok? Who's going on? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> L. Michelle Speaks, okay? And then, of course, I'm at lmichellesmith.com. Excellent. Well, listen, uh, Michelle, thanks for taking some time out today. I know everyone's schedule is stranger and stranger each day, but we make it happen. I'm, I feel like I'm busier than ever, but that's all good. I know hey, you no, are who's as good? Well. I don't understand that. Yeah. Uh, well, take a breath. Go enjoy the sunny weather today. At least walk around the block if you can. And I appreciate you taking time today and, and sharing your wonderful wisdom as usual with, with my students. Take care Absolutely, of yourself. Absolutely, Neil. It's always a pleasure. And you, ladies and gentlemen, you um, chin up. I know especially you seniors, somebody rained on your parade, and I understand it, but everything's going to be okay. Absolutely. A very special thank you to our guest host, Professor Neil Foote, lecturer at Maybourne College of Journalism at the University of North Texas, and my friend for 20-something, close to 30-odd years. Thank you, Neil. Listen, this is about colleges. So Find us online at theculturesoup.com, on Instagram and Twitter at The Culture Soup, and on Facebook at The Culture Soup Podcast. Until next week. The Culture Soup Podcast is a production of No Size Communication, LLC. The Culture Soup Podcast is a registered trademark of No Silos Communications, LLC.